You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Today's episode, we're going to dive into some Q&A. The questions are coming in and you better believe I love answering them. Just a quick shout out to all of you who have been brave enough to write in and to be vulnerable with your questions. Thank you. And Give yourself a, a nice thanks because that's that's quite the big deal. Now, speaking of vulnerable, did you listen to my last episode? You should. It was a really fun debate with a colleague and friend of mine, Erica Angelo, where we talk about the dangers of vulnerability, something I've talked about on this podcast for the past couple of years now, but never really got into a fun debate about it. And especially with a woman, and I say a woman because a lot of women like to give the advice to be very vulnerable to the women that you're dating. That's one of their biggest pieces of advice. And so we really dive into that. Check it out. It was a fun interview. And I really think it makes for for a great episode that's going to help you out and, and give you and give you some new perspective on what it means to be vulnerable. But yes, be vulnerable with me. With Captain Trip, you can be vulnerable because that's who you should be vulnerable with. The people that can help you, the professionals, the experts, the doctors, all those people. So I'm excited to do that today. Now, a quick announcement which I am so pumped about. This has been something in the works for for a few months now, and it finally all came together. I have created the Trip Advice Financing Program. So that means that if you were ever interested in coaching, so if you've ever applied for coaching in the past and it was just something that was out of your budget, or maybe you've never applied for coaching at all, but maybe you're not sure about doing it because you don't think you have the financial resources to do so. And by the way, it's not, it's not too crazy. But for some guys, it can be out of their budget. Well, guess what? We have a financing option. So that means that you can get into the program for a dollar today and then really low monthly payments to the point where it's so stupid, there should be no reason why you wouldn't join a program like this because it's that easy to get into and then you can get started right away. So the, the good part about it, it's like a student loan. You ever get a student loan? And uh, I will say this, I'm very blessed. I didn't have student loans. I did go to a, a in-state school and this was all the way back in 2003, where it did not completely crush you to go to college if you went to a school in your state. So my, uh, my parents were able to pay for it, and I did not have student loans. And in a weird way, I know this is going to sound crazy, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm a little off topic now, but just bear with me for a second. In a weird way, I kind of wish I did have student loans, because I would have taken it more seriously not saying I didn't take college seriously, but I would have taken it more seriously if I knew that I was paying for it. I think there's a difference between you investing in something and someone doing it for you. Not that that has to do with the TripAdvice financing program, but uh, but anyways, I know a lot of people who did, did have student loans. Megan has student loans that she's still paying off. 
student loans are great. They allowed you to get access to college and to be able to start college right away. And then having a low monthly fee to pay so that you could have gone to college. So back to the TripAdvice financing program, it's the same thing. We get you set up right away. You are getting the same exact coaching program that every other guy has got. You're going to get your one-on-one coach. You're going to get access to all my programs. You're going to get access to Trips Corner. It's all there for you. You will get it all. So if you want to explore ways to do coaching and you want to hear more about the financing program that can help you, then go to tripadvicecoaching.com, apply for coaching today. We will get on the phone, whether it's me or another member of my team, and we will chat and see if coaching even makes sense for you, right? That's the first step. Does it make sense for you? Is it something that we think that can help you? And is it something you think that can help you? And if it does, and you want to explore the TripAdvice financing program, we could do that. Amazing. $1 down, low monthly payments to get into the program right away and get it all. Guys, take advantage of this. This is a great opportunity. This is something that I wish all coaching programs have. I actually, I know that other coaching programs in other areas do have these, but not to the extent that I'm aware of. Whenever I've signed, I've never signed up for a coaching program where they had financing options. Maybe they they could do a, a small payment plan where I split the payment into a couple payments, but none where you could actually pay at a small fee every month. I don't know. Maybe more people are, are getting onto this, but TripAdvice, we got onto it. And we're ahead of the game. And our mission here and my mission here is to help as many men as possible. So in order to do so, we want to make it affordable for as many men as possible. So financing is your option. Go to tripadvicecoaching.com to apply and you'll get your one-on-one coach right away. And this is great because now I want to, I want to be able to work with guys who are you know, super young, the guys who are like 18 to 20 years old who might not be going to college and who are working right now. But even guys in college would still be able to invest in this. If they work at, if you work at Starbucks or you, you have a, a job that's kind of like a low income job, this is still manageable for you. So go to tripadvicecoaching.com, talk to your onboarding specialist about the financing option and they'll go through all the details with you. And hell, maybe it's going to be me because I take these calls too sometimes. Sound good? Should we get into some questions? Do you have any questions that you want answered? Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question, and I will answer it here in the podcast like I'm about to do right now. Here's Andy. Hi, Trip. I have a question for you. I work for the Postal Service, and my job requires me to walk more than 12 miles a day, five to six days a week, so it's impossible to gain weight and build some muscle. For that reason, I'm pretty insecure about my looks. I weigh about 145 pounds, and I'm 5'7". Would a quality, good-looking woman ever go for a scrawny guy like me? Thank you in advance. I recently discovered your podcast a few weeks ago, and I've been listening while I'm out working a few hours a day, by the way. Dude. The fact that you walk 12 miles a day is amazing. Okay. So there's a lot to say here. I'm not a fitness or health expert. 
I do not claim to be one, but I do know a lot because I have studied it. I've got coaching in it. I've worked with trainers before, you name it. So I will give you a little bit of, of thoughts here with that. Now, first of all, the fact that you're doing that, that means you're absolutely getting your 10,000 steps a day in. 10,000 steps a day is huge because it's really good for longevity. You want to be walking and moving your body. So when you're old, when you're over 60, over 70 years old, your body is, we'll say, this is not the scientific term, but we'll say loosened up and you're not creaking so much because you've actually been moving your whole life. So that's that's really good. And also walking is is not as hard on you as let's say running is. So if you're running 12 miles a day, that's that could be bad for the joints, but walking is great. But I get it. You're losing a lot of calories, so it's impossible to gain weight, you said, and build some muscle. It's not impossible. In fact, just recently, I've put myself on a heavy protein diet, which I thought was impossible for many years. And then I realized once I started to do it and plan it out, it actually is working really well and it's not too hard to do. So if you're having yourself a nice protein breakfast before you start your day at work, you have a couple snacks, you make sure you're eating a lunch with protein, which hopefully you're eating lunch. And then you have a small snack after lunch and then you have even a normal sized dinner, you will get upwards of 200 grams of protein. At the very worst, you'll get about 100 grams of protein and then you will build muscle. So it's not so much about how much you're doing versus how much you're actually eating. And I guarantee you, you're not eating enough. And maybe you're not working out. I don't know. So you can put on muscle. Do not say the words impossible. We don't say that over here at Trip Advice. Nothing is impossible. We can do this. But I get it. You didn't ask me for your my opinions on fitness and health. You wanted to know about your looks. So you don't weigh a lot. You're short. Would a quality, good-looking woman ever go for a scrawny guy like me? Well, you better believe I'm scrawny. And I have clients who are in the Trip Advice Accelerator coaching program who are scrawny and who are short. And yes, they will. Now, I'll be honest with you. Is a 145-pound, 5'7 guy, is that what a woman says she wants? Is she going to go for that guy versus a guy who might be 6'1 and 180 pounds of pure muscle? Well, superficially or on a dating app, she might pick that guy who is big and tall. But women will have a large attraction to the way you behave in your personality. So what's funny is this. I saw a TikTok recently. As you know, I like to reference TikToks. And I saw a TikTok where this girl talked about how there's a few categories of guys. And there's the guy who's super hot, who is like a model type. We'll say that's the guy who's tall and jacked, for example. And then there's the guy who's just not that attractive. Meh, she called it. And she said, the guy who's meh, who shows all of these behavioral traits, she didn't say behavioral, but she listed all these traits that are behavioral traits, they start to look more attractive in the eyes of the woman, even though she might prefer and say she wants a tall guy who's jacked. 
So just so you know, yes, a woman will go for that guy. Does that mean that you should just be like, oh, well then I don't need to work out and eat protein and do all that good stuff. I don't, that means I don't have to do that. Well, no, that's not true. You still want to do that because that will help. And you want to do that for yourself anyways, because you said you're insecure. So why not build your self-esteem and work on that part of your health? I think that would be really great. So yes, women will go for that. Don't focus too much on money, status, and looks. Obviously, you do have to have some of that in order. But more importantly, you got to work on TED, the formula for attraction, which I teach in the Accelerator program. And I teach in my program called Hooked, which is my video course. You can check that out at getherhooked.com. There's a link in the show notes for that. And I go over the principles of attraction. I've also talked about that here in the podcast. Tension, entertainment, and dominance. When we have these three and we behave in a way that's more attractive, you will end up having more opportunities with more women. So I hope that helps. I know you're new here, Andy, to the podcast. There's a lot of episodes to listen to, but you'll get it. Thanks for writing in. Hey, Trip, former coaching client here. I'm having success attracting and sleeping with women. However, I find myself gravitating towards monogamous relationships too quickly. Per your advice, I'm working on dating for longer before going exclusive. In a past episode, you said something like, in the beginning, don't be doing relationship things with several examples, like don't be sleeping at her place. After having sex, even early on, it feels natural to stay over or invite her over to stay, especially late at night after a few drinks. I live in the suburbs of a major city and prefer to date women who live near downtown, so one of us might have a 30-minute drive home. Your comment suggests that spending the night should be avoided altogether until going exclusive. But perhaps I misunderstood the context or some nuance. Is spending the night a hard no early on? And what should I say if she invites invites me to stay? Okay. First of all, T, I wonder who that is. But I'm glad that you, the coaching is working for you. And now we have what we call a, a champagne problem which is another term for a good problem. So what you're going to do is you're going to do your best to not have her sleep over or you sleep over. But if it happens, it's not the end of the world. So again, this is advice for people who don't want to get into a monogamous relationship too quickly, like yourself, T. Okay, so don't be doing relationship things is exactly what I said. And I probably have said, Don't be sleeping at her place. If it happens, it's not the end of the world. It's fine. But go real easy on the cuddling. I wouldn't be doing any cuddling. That's a relationship thing. Don't spend a long morning with her. That's a relationship thing. If you're looking for someone who's more of an F buddy and just a woman that you want casual, you need to show her that you're only looking for casual so sleeping over, it's it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Again, avoid it if you can. But no, I guess my to answer your question, it's not a hard no. If she invites you to stay, say to her that you just don't do well with sleeping with other people in a bed. And it it hurts your sleep and you need to be fresh for the next day. I mean... I'd hope that's true. I don't know about you. It's true for me. 
I will always sleep better alone than I will with someone in the bed. You get used to it after a period of time, but if you're not used to it, then it's going to be pretty uncomfortable. Also, there's something mental about it. It's like, you know, you're sleeping next to someone, even if it's a king size bed, you're just aware of that mentally. And that can mess, it can mess with your sleep. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're confused maybe where you are for a second, or you bump into her, you're just not used to that. So my guess is it will hurt your sleep. And you should just say that if you don't want to stay. But if you do end up staying because it's a long drive home or whatever, or you've been having a few drinks, yeah, that's fine. Stay over. All good. Just make it pretty chill. No cuddling, etc. All right. From Anonymous. I am neurodivergent. I have traits consistent with both ADHD and high-functioning autism. It shows up in such a way that I have a lot of difficulty with social interactions, although I function pretty well in my job and at school. I'm 22 in my last year of college. I'm starting law school in the fall, and I work as support staff in a small law firm. I have only a few friends none really all that close and have never had a romantic relationship. In high school, the girls taunted me with insults whenever I went anywhere near them. In college, they've been a little more polite, but I still get more harsh rejections than anything else. My question is, should I even be trying to approach women or should I wait until I finish law school and get my career launched? I figure that is the only way I'm ever going to compensate for my deficits and have success. I've tried implementing advice from sources like you, but have gotten nowhere. As I'm using my boss's email to send this, please sign me anonymous. Why are you using your boss's email to send that? That's not the best idea. But listen, man, I am sorry that you've gotten these rejections. I'm sorry that girls taunted you. That's terrible. And it sounds like you've been through some traumatic experiences. And if I were in your shoes, I'd probably feel the same way, like, Quote, you figure that is the only way I'm ever going to compensate for my deficits and have success, which is your career. Yeah, your career is very important. Whether you're neurodivergent, ADHD, autism, whatever's going on, your career is going to be very important. It's going to help you a lot. It's going to help any man a lot. So yes, focus on your career. Focus on law school. But no matter what, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So if you're doing absolutely nothing for two to three years in law school and all of a sudden now you're going to start socializing again or attempting it, you're going to be way behind and it's going to be such a longer haul. And I I have friends who went to law school. I know how demanding it can be. But I also know uh, in in, uh, law school or when you're getting your master's anywhere, there's a lot of social events. So you want to be able to utilize those and you want to work on this. Now, it sounds like someone like you is going to be a little bit different than someone obviously who doesn't have some of these issues like high functioning autism or ADHD. And so for that, you'd have to work with an expert. That is where someone like you needs to get a coach or needs to work with a specialist. There are specialists out there who work with people who have autism and work with people on the whole spectrum of autism. 
So even someone like you who has high functioning autism. So I highly recommend that if this is a slow process for you, trying to get advice from a podcast or a book or a course or a YouTube video or a TikTok or an Instagram reel, you get my point that you need to get more help. Or, and this is sometimes the case, where I hear, hey, I took your advice and it didn't really work and something didn't work out very well. And then people give up kind of fast. So I don't know where you are with that. But I will say that if you've just done a couple things and you've only listened to like one or two podcasts and just a few things from a few different people and it hasn't worked out, well, you might need to try more. You might be giving up too fast and might not understand the reality that it takes several times. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, yes, I know for sure that, but for you, I don't know. I don't know how much you've done it. I'm not sure where you're at with that. So the options are you get an expert to help you and or you work on this a little bit more and see what you can come of it. So that's my advice for you or anyone dealing with that situation. Do not email from your boss again. I don't want you to get in trouble, but you have remained anonymous. So at least you got that going for you. All right. Here we go. Here's another one. Hi, Trip. This is Payash from Canada. I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now. I love your content and advice. I matched with a girl on Hinge and set up a date to meet for a drink. A few days before our date, she asked if I was up for a phone call beforehand. I agreed to it because I thought maybe she wanted to make sure I'm not a catfish. So we set up a call on a late night after I got off from work. It was not spectacular, a phone call since I don't really know the person that well, but I also don't think it was not a terrible conversation either. We just talked about what we did earlier during the day. I threw in a little bit of jokes and flirting. It lasted around 20 minutes. The next morning, I received a text from her saying it was nice talking to me, but she didn't feel we had much chemistry and that she didn't want to pursue anything further. I asked how can she expect to have chemistry with someone over one phone call? And that I was still up for a date to see how we connect in person since it's better to meet in person to know for sure and not much harm can come from a casual drink. She simply reiterated that she didn't want that and she felt we're not a great match. I couldn't convince her otherwise, so I simply wished her the best and moved on. I was a little disappointed since I was looking forward to getting to know her in person rather than over a phone call. So my, I guess my question is, Do you think a phone call before a first date is a good way to gauge if there's chemistry with a potential partner? And do you think it was a good decision that I agreed to do the phone call beforehand? Because I was starting to regret it after she changed her mind about meeting up and feel like I should have gone for the meetup instead. What are your thoughts? Cheers, Payash. Wonderful question, Payash. Thank you so much for writing in. Okay, with phone calls, yes. Yes, to the sense that you want to do your best to meet with them first. So you are right on that. Now, here's some exceptions. The exceptions to the rule of always meet her first in person, because yeah, there will be more chemistry. Uh, How do I say? There will be more of an opportunity for chemistry in person versus over the phone. Although I will say you can have chemistry over the phone over a FaceTime too but more so in person. So the exceptions are you 
are going on so many dates and have so many dates lined up that it's more efficient for you to do a phone call. I totally believe in doing a phone call if it's just going to be easier for you to do that. And people do that now. It's completely normal to do a FaceTime date. You can even call it a FaceTime date. The other exception is if she non-negotiable says, I want to meet you for a phone call or a FaceTime. And that's how she does it. Then fine. I think you should go for it. Why not? You have nothing to lose. Gives you a chance to get better at your phone game, so to speak. So, was it a good decision, you asked, that you agreed to the phone call? Well, we know now that it didn't really work out. So, you know, in retrospect, no. But you should definitely be going for a drink or a meetup. Counter suggest, hey, why don't, why don't instead we go and meet this week at blah, blah, blah for a drink? Does that work for you instead? Right? So you say that to her. And... My thoughts are that you're probably not good on the phone or or she saw you and immediately you were not her type. But no, actually, I'll take that back. That's not true. You, you met on Hinge. So, that, so yeah, your pictures probably did it. So yeah, it was all to do with your phone game and the way that you were able to connect with her over the phone. My guess, Payash... My guess is if you weren't connecting with her on the phone, you probably would not have connected with her in person. So honestly, I think that you came out ahead in this as well. So you saved yourself on buying a drink, saved yourself time on going on a date. Because usually, honestly, usually a phone call can be fine. And usually a phone call is going to be almost as good as, as going out on the, on the date. Now, some people might be, maybe this is you, I don't know, maybe this is you, that you're just really awkward over the phone. It doesn't seem like that, though. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that. Although you did say it was not spectacular of a phone call, since I don't really know the person that well. But you don't think it was not a terrible conversation either. So I don't know. I think your phone game probably needs a little bit of work. Although I don't really suggest you specifically work on your phone game. I think you should try to just meet more women in person. But really ask yourself, was there anything that you did on the phone date that you wouldn't have done on an actual date? So is there something on the phone date that you did that might have turned her off? Think about that. But for everyone else out there, yeah, do your best to do in person. If you have too many dates lined up, you should do phone calls and try to be relaxed. Here's some tips for you. Have really good lighting. Make sure that you're relaxed. Make sure you're not, you know, you don't have to be dressed super nice, but don't be wearing some like t-shirt that doesn't look good on you because it's just like some old shirt that you wear at night because it's more comfortable. And I think the more that you do it, the more comfortable you'll be. So that's what I got for you, Payash. Hope that helps. Here's a short one from Grant. Hi, Trip. Since my last email, I've continued to go on dates with quality women from the apps. The issue comes in on the dates. I've noticed I do great with women who are extroverted and talk a lot. 
which is great since I'm the opposite and I can focus and not say something dumb. But with introverted women, I totally bomb the dates. If location is on point, how should I run a drink date step-by-step so I'm not rambling? Well, that's kind of a uh, a different question, I think, unless you're saying that you're doing that with the women who are introverted. Guys, let's be very careful how we use these words. Extroversion and introversion rarely has to do with how you're able to socialize. I'm an extroverted person. Megan is an introverted person. I know many introverted people, and it doesn't have anything to do with how well you are at socializing. Okay. For example, I have a friend. His name is Brian. Brian is a is an introvert. He likes being alone, spending time alone, but the times that he's out or when he's on a date, he is the most charismatic person ever. When Megan goes out and hangs out, when we were on dates, she was, if you didn't know the terminology and the difference between extrovert and introvert, you would think she's an extrovert. People even pin her as an extrovert, but she's not. She's very much an introvert. So what's the point here? The point is that has nothing to do with extroverted, introverted. It's a matter of maybe charisma, shyness. Okay, so let's now with these new definitions, let's let's focus on that, right? So when you're with the woman who's really talkative, you're saying that's great. So you can focus on not saying something dumb. Okay, now I think I understand your rambling point. Now, when you're with those women, there's a problem there. You shouldn't be you, you shouldn't be letting the women talk too much. In a perfect world, I want you to be talking about 60% of the time. So that means just a little more than half. I want her to see you and your behavior. I don't want her to be talking and talking and talking to a guy where she's doing 70% of the talking. And then she gets to what? Experience just a small portion of you when she could be experiencing more. And we know that you need to have the right behavior and you need to be using Ted to build attraction with the woman. And that's going to come through the way that you're talking to her. So you can actually shoot yourself in the foot. Now, I guess it's, I don't know, good for you. It's not happening with you, with some of these, as you labeled extroverted women are the ones who talk a lot. So you're doing something right there, but you want to know what do you do with the women who are not so talkative? Well, this is a great opportunity for you to practice your social skills. So how do you run a a drink date step-by-step so I'm not rambling? Well, let's just put it this way. A date is a series, if we really want to break it down, a date is a conversation, which is a series of what? questions and statements. That's all any conversation is. It's questions and statements and questions and statements. You want to make sure that in the amount that you're talking, you're breaking down the questions and statements to a decent ratio. So if you want to make sure that you're not rambling, simply ask her a question. If you want to know what questions to ask her, I have a a whole list in my book you don't have my book magnetic it's on amazon you can 
check the links in the show notes to grab that. If you don't want to get the book, that's fine. You can also just look up online 36 questions that make a woman fall in love with you. And you can pick out some of those questions. In the book, I actually tell you which ones out of the 36 are good questions to ask on a first date. Pick some of those out. Those are going to be questions that you can ask so she can have a chance to talk more and questions that help you guys connect more. It's pretty awesome. So I want you to check those out. And then when you're not asking questions, well, you're probably answering the questions. You're making statements. So feel free to talk about the things that are interesting to you. Bring her into your world a little bit. When you find you're doing a lot of the talking, hit her with a question. If you're with a girl who's super shy, I don't know, question question that. Question that. Do you want to be with that woman? I'm not going to tell you which woman to be with, but in my day, being with a shy woman, it's not always the best conversation. It can get a little boring. So I don't know if you want to be with a woman who's not very charismatic or too shy. Again, nothing to do with introversion and extroversion. So that's my quick answer for you, Grant. Just ask more questions and really start to work this out inside of the date. What I mean is work out your social skills. It's okay to wait a couple seconds before you say something or ask a question. Just breathe. And to answer your question again is... I want you to go on more dates so that you're not so uptight. I can tell that that's happening on the dates. You're not loose. You're not comfortable. If you were, you wouldn't be saying to me, quote, I can focus and not say something dumb. You're thinking too hard. Be relaxed. Be in the moment. Ask her some cool questions. Talk about yourself a little bit drink the drink, hang out, get to know her. Think about the questions you want to ask someone. How do you want to get to know someone? Focus on that. Don't focus too much on what you need to do to make sure that you are doing everything right and saying the right things. Focus on her a little bit. Is she a good match for you? Does she pass your non-negotiables? Those are crucial. So don't put so much of the emphasis on you. Take a breather. Grant, I hope that helps. This is how I want you to be thinking. I always want you to be thinking on the level of, is she good enough for me? This will then flip the script in a way where you won't be putting her on a pedestal and you won't be doing things to, quote, impress her. This is going to be the best version of dating. That I was never taught. I was always taught and I saw in, in uh, not social media, I was too young for that, um, a TV, society, I guess, movies, that you got to impress the woman. It's not about what you want. It's about what she wants. Well, that's on her. It's her job to filter for you and it's your job to filter for her. And then we use TED and we use the methods that I teach here about building attraction to then get more opportunities so that you can have more options for you to date. But then we filter. So again, we're filtering for women who are interested in us, 
Women that pass are non-negotiables. And then when we zoom out, we're utilizing online dating and approaching to what? To get volume. And to have more opportunities within the volume, we use the attraction principles. TED. Again, TED is talked about in my book, Magnetic. It's talked about in my video course called Get Her Hooked, which is at getherhooked.com. And you can learn about this in my coaching program like many people already have. Don't forget, we have a financing option. Take advantage of that. This is now available to guys who were once not able to invest in a, in a program like this, but like I said, now they can. So if you feel that you were never able to join a coaching program because the investment was too high, and I know that's relative to everybody, so it all depends on who you are and what your financial situation is, but if you feel like you're not in a great financial situation, but you can invest into something, then go to tripadvicecoaching.com, fill out an application, and we can talk to you. And I want to keep answering your questions. So keep writing in trip at tripadvice.com is where you're going to email me. And I'd love to be able to answer them here in the podcast like we did today. So I hope that helped. Thanks everybody for writing in anonymous and grant and T we'll talk to you on the next episode coming out in a few days.